Hi, this is Matt Shaw, pastor at City Lift Church. If you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love for you to come visit us on a Sunday sometime or join us online, citylift.church. We hope today's message fills you with courage and helps you on your spiritual journey. We exist just to help people meet, know, and follow Jesus. Enjoy today's message. All right, good morning. Why don't you turn around and say hi to two or three people and welcome them to church. It's going to be a beautiful day. I'm excited. Always every time this year, September, somewhere in September, I'm like, I'm ready for January. Who's ready for 70 degrees with me? I'm believing for it. I seem like I wait a little longer every year, but it's coming, and uh, we get to live in a happy place called South Florida. We trade January, February, and March for like June, July, August, don't we? So anyway, I'm ready for some cooler cooler weather. Hey, on your seats, you should have a stack of cards that say four. In two weeks, we are celebrating our fourth birthday. We are excited that we have... We are rocking and rolling this thing. We are going to have two services. We're going to have a 10 a.m. and an 11.30. So check the cards, check the times. It's going to be everywhere. 10 a.m., 11.30. Here's, here's my, my thing. Here's, here's my, my spiel. I would love for you to invite four people to celebrate our fourth birthday. If you love Jesus, okay, no, it's not that much guilt, but... But if you love the church and you love me, come on, let's invite, bring four people. Uh, we are going to have crumble cookie right after. We're catering crumble cookie. Everybody said amen. And we're going to sugar out and we're going to have a lot of fun and we got all kinds of fun stuff on the fourth. But it's uh, our, our fourth birthday in two weeks. So we're excited. We're going to talk about that. Uh, but today we're kicking off a new collection called Big God. And I am just really excited. This has been sitting in my heart for about four months and I've just been waiting to preach big God to y'all. Are you ready? Excited? Let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to open up our hearts this morning. We want to open up our minds. And God, we don't want to leave the same way we came in. And Lord, I know everybody is facing something, but God, that thing's got to get through you before it gets to them. So we want to rest in the reality that we serve a big God. If you believe that with me, say amen. And amen. All right, let's let's look at a couple things here this morning. Um, we'll go to Genesis 15. Genesis chapter 15. I'm going to read this and then give us a few a few thoughts here this morning. Genesis 15. This is God's covenant with Abram. Starting in verse 1, he says, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. So many times in the Bible when God begins to talk to somebody, an angel or God or whatever, one of the first things they often say is, don't be afraid. Isn't it amazing that we as humans, one of the things we struggle with the most is fear and worry and stress and anxiety, right? It's just part of our human condition. Often when God shows up, the very first words out of his mouth, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. He said, I'm your shield. You're a very great reward. Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what will you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? Abram said, You've given me no children, so a servant in my own household will be my heir or receive everything that I have. The word of the Lord came to him and said, This man will not be your heir, but a son who is of your own flesh and blood will be your heir, become your child. He took him outside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. And he said to him, So will your offspring be. Abram believed the Lord and was credited to him as 
righteousness. I want you to hang on to that for a moment. Uh, My summer project this year was renovating my garage. I've got a picture of it for you because I'm very proud of it. My garage was full of junk and shelves, and, and I renovated my garage. This, this actually took me hours to put my little workout thing together. I got tired of waiting in line at the gym, and so I was like, I'm bringing it home, and I'm going to bring my hustle to home. And, uh, and I, I am a, I'm a motorcycle rider. I, I love my little Harley in the corner there. I'm very proud of it. And I just, if you're dating or you're engaged here this morning, gentlemen, I want you to pay attention to this because you're going to get about a side of a garage to call your own. And I just want to set expectations for you this morning, okay? And so my wife has the rest of the house and I get half of the garage. I didn't even get the, the other side of the garage. There's a bunch of stuff my, my wife and my kids have got. So, but I get half the garage. And uh, I'm very, I'm very proud of, of my half of the garage. And this is my little morning zen. I, I drop the kids off in the morning. I come back home, and I work out, and I just look at my motorcycle. I don't ride it a lot anymore, but I just look at it and pretend I do. It's great. It's a great, it's a great feeling. And so I, I renovated this garage. And I, I was very happy with my garage gym until I walked down the street about 20 houses down, and I saw what my neighbor did in his garage gym. And I'm like, now that's a home gym. My gosh, like he's got the mirrors and all the machines and the ropes and the, I mean, he did such a good job. He's like charging people to work out at his garage. Like he's got mats, he rolls out in the front. I'm like, that's where I'm going. This is great. Like I, I got a vision for my future. And it, and it got me kind of thinking, isn't it amazing? It's the same space. It's just limited to my imagination. My neighbor and I have the same garage, right? He just took it up a a level, which kind of got me on this whole kick again. You notice the the Harley there. Harley Davidson, guess what? It started in a garage, right? Yankee Candle Company. Anybody buy a Yankee Candle, right? Started in a garage. The band Weezer started in a garage. If you don't know who Weezer is, go home and Google it. You need to know about the classics, okay? So just... Google started in a garage. This man in Atlanta built an X-Wing in his garage. (laughs) True story. He literally did. He built a replica of an X-Wing from Star Wars in his garage. Same space, just limited to imagination. What, What is it? I'm always amazed at my daughter Audrey's imagination. She's constantly writing books. She's starting to draw characters. She creates these stories and these plays. And she plays with her Barbies. Like, it's, it's hilarious. Like, the other day, she tried to have three Barbies marry the one boy Barbie. And I'm like, you're not even watching telenovelas. How do you come up with that stuff? Like, I don't teach you that, you know? And I'm just, her imagination is, is amazing. And she started, like, three companies in her mind already. Like, she's just creating names and brands. And I'm like, I'm like I don't know what she's going to do, but it's, it's definitely going to be something creative. Like, the creativity is just coming out of her. I think what happens to so many of us as we go through life's disappointments, we begin to lose some of our imagination, don't we? And, and, and you ever shared a dream or a vision with somebody who was kind of quick and emotional shutting the idea down? Oh, that'll never work. You'll never be able to do that, right? What they really mean is that didn't work for me. And now any, any dream in the genre, I just have to shut down because that's how I, I feel. We, we all go through these disappointments, and as we do that, I, I think we lose some of our imagination, and again, the garage, same space, just limited to my imagination. I, I guess I could have founded Google in my garage, but, you know, I, I built a home gym instead, right? This is like, what, same space, what's, 
What's the imagination? What am I dreaming of? Abram did something very, very human, didn't he? He, he looks at his household and he takes inventory, right? He just takes inventory. Hey, here's what I have. Here's what's in my possessions. Here's what I'm able to do. Here's what I'm not able to do. And I'm going to make a plan based off of my inventory, right? And so the, my best option is I'm going to give everything I have to this man, Eliezer, which is fine. He's a great guy. This is my plan. And God steps in to his tent, and he says, Abram, I want you to come outside, and I want you to begin to count the stars. Recently, we've released the James Webb Telescope, right, in space, um, and I, I got, like, one image from it I stole from Google. And, and, and to all of our shock, I mean, if you've seen some of the images, they've just been beautiful, right? And so the universe is larger, it's more beautiful, it's, it's more expansive than we really first thought, more than we could imagine. We're like, wow, this, this is kind of incredible, right? God, as he invites Abram to come out and count the stars, he knows full well Abram can't even see all that's there, let alone count them. Now, I know in South Florida there's only like three stars that show up in the night sky because we have so much light pollution. But I remember one time I was on a mission trip in Costa Rica, and, and the missionary took us outside and said, check this out. And I was blown away at how many stars are actually there when you don't have so much light pollution, right? You could spend all night counting the stars. What is he saying to Abram in this moment? He says, Abram, you, you have consulted your inventory. You've walked through your warehouse. Let me show you my warehouse. Let me show you my inventory. Let me give you a taste of my ability. Imagine if someone from Amazon said, here, come in here and count all the boxes in this warehouse. It would be quite a task. It's a large inventory. What, what am I saying? If all of your plans are coming from your inventory, where have you made space for God? God's saying, Abram, it's a good plan. It's, it's a good inventory. It's a good warehouse. But the truth is, I don't need your warehouse or your wheelhouse to do in your life what I want to do. Abram's like, I have a problem, God. I need to solve who gets my household. God is saying, that's great. I want to create a nation. Big God, big thoughts, big imagination. I was thinking about planting the church and all the challenges that my wife and my family and I had in getting the thing off the ground. You know, in this last week, I was at a small group. I went to Felipe's small group, and I was looking around at all these men talking and sharing and drawing closer to God, and I thought, this is kind of cool because these guys weren't here at the beginning, but God had this moment in mind when we planted here, I'm going through the struggles of where we were at, but God had so much more. In fact, could you just give it up for our servant leaders this morning? They're showing up for people who haven't even shown up yet. That's the beauty of planning a church is you start reaching people you didn't even see were coming. Abram's mind is on his household and God's mind is on a nation. It's just a bigger dream. Here, here's what I do know. Whatever you have dreamed up and whatever inventory you do have, God's just got a bigger dream. He's got more people in mind, more healing, more restoration, more families, more people coming into the faith. He's got a larger warehouse. He says, Abram, come out. I want you to see what I see. As the Bible says, as he started counting the stars that night, faith grew in his heart. And he went back home trusting, God, your ability is greater than mine. I'm going to believe what you've said in my life. Have you come to the place where you're like, hey, I'm at the end of my inventory. God, I trust 
what's in your warehouse. Big God, big thoughts, more imagination. I want to look at Isaiah 55 for our, our next moment here this morning. Are you tracking with me so far this morning? Big God, big imagination. Isaiah 55 simply says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. That, that word higher in the Hebrew, I, I love this. It literally means to be high or higher, exalted, lofty, tall. I just like that. My heart just kind of stuck on tall. When a tall person walks into the room, and tall, I guess, is relative for all of us, but what do you have to do? You have to look up, right? If, if I'm going to talk to Carl Dini, I think he's, he's somewhere up there. Carl Dini is about four or five inches taller than me. And uh, there he is, right, right there in the corner, Carl Dini, yeah. How tall are you, bro? Five, six, three? Yeah, so six, three, okay? So he's, he's, a, he's a few inches taller than me. So when Carl Dini walks in, which is really hard for me because I've known Carl Dini since he was, like, up here. I've watched Carl Dini grow in the last, like, 12 years. And so Carl Dini used to be down here. And to talk to Carl Dini, I used to look down. What's up, little guy? How you doing? You know? Now Carl Dini has a beard. And he's got a deeper voice than me. And now I look up to Carl Dini. And it's somewhat of a humbling experience. How are you, man? Are you happy? Are you good? We're friends, right? Like, it's just, it's a, remember how nice I was to you, you know? That's, you got to be nice to the younger ones, man. They get bigger than you one day. And so, and, and so I, you look up because he's, he's taller. As I was studying for this message, I just kind of was wrestling with this concept. I thought, how many of us are missing the thoughts of God over our lives because we're not looking up? We're looking down. Life has taught us to look down. It's taught us to look normal. We just maybe aren't looking high enough. I'm like, how many of us are missing what God just might have in mind because we're just looking down? We're looking the wrong way because what? You've gone through some rejection. You've gone through some hurt. You've heard no, not just one time, but lots of times. You've had things not go the way you thought they were going to go. So let me encourage you this morning to start looking up. Listen, if, if, if Pete Davidson can date Kim Kardashian, even if it was just for nine months, don't count yourself out just yet. Come on, somebody. Like, let me, let me preach to you from Pete Davidson this morning, okay? Like, like anything is possible at this, at this point. Um, there was a movie about Elvis that came out a few months ago, and and, and in this movie, they had Elvis's whole story and, and life, which kind of got me in this kick of like, well, I really want to do a little research on Elvis and how he got started. What you may not know is Elvis grew up in a lot of poverty, and he actually started out driving truck. And the whole time, he wants to do music, but he's just driving truck. And he starts doing his hair like truck drivers, like this slick back kind of thing. Also, Elvis, his natural hair color was never, never black. It was never that jet black hair. In fact, when, when he started out, he was so poor, he dyed it with, with the shoe polish. Isn't that crazy? I always thought Elvis had black hair. He lied the whole time. Like it was like a dirty dishwater blonde, you know, and it got a little darker, but it was never jet black like that. So he, he's dyeing it, right? And so what Elvis is doing, he's driving truck, and on the truck routes, he stops, and he, and he does these auditions for these different people. In fact, one guy he did this audition for, and the guy was like, son, you are never going to make it in this industry. Go back to driving truck. 
And I, and I say all that this morning to say, even those that become the best at what we do are going to hear no along the journey. Never give someone's no more power than it needs to have. Because what you and I do is we elevate someone's no and we just take it as truth and what God often wants to do in our lives. Why did we give that person so much power with their no? When someone tells you no, it doesn't mean you can't do it. It just means you can't do that thing with them, right? Hey, let's do this business. No, okay. There's 8 billion people on the planet. Somebody's going to like your voice. Somebody's going to like the way you look. Somebody's going to like the way you laugh. Somebody's going to like the way you drink coffee. Come on, guys. Like, there's somebody for you in almost any situation, right? Not, not, this church isn't for everybody. But, man, we're full today, and it's packed, and it's fun, and y'all amazing people. And come on, guys. Like, just, like there's, there's space for the thing God created you and calls you to do. I love the story of Jamie Kern Lima. Anybody heard about Jamie Kern Lima? You're going to love this story. She started out bagging groceries, okay? And then she worked her way up to become a local news anchor. That's what she wanted to do. So she's a local news anchor. She's having fun. She gets married. But she develops a skin disease called rosacea. What rosacea is, it's like these big red patches that show up on your skin. And so she's on the news, and she's giving the news, and she hears, you know, like the director in her ears, like, can somebody cover her up? We need more makeup and stuff. As she talks, and as she gets moving, the rosacea shows up. It's very embarrassing. It's humiliating. You know, it's starting to kind of threaten her job a little bit, right? And so she's, she's really feeling very overwhelmed about it, about it, and she goes, man, all these different makeup lines that I'm trying, nothing is covering the redness of my rosacea. And so she's going through these different makeup brands. She can't find anything that works. And she, and she has this thought, why is there no makeup brand that covers my rosacea? If I'm having this problem, surely somebody else is having this problem. And so in 2008, her and her husband leave their jobs. They jump out, and she is determined, I am going to make a product that actually works and makes me feel good about myself with this skin disease, rosacea. And so they jump out. They launch the company called IT Cosmetics in their L.A. apartment, okay? And, man, they're just starting from the ground up, doing everything they can. They finally make an awesome product that they feel is sell-worthy, and they go to, like, you know, L'Oreal, rejected. Right, and I actually wrote down all the companies because I, I don't buy makeup for myself, you know, and uh, so I had to write it. I had to write it down. Um, and so she she goes to L'Oreal, she goes to Sephora. There we go. She goes to Ulta. She she goes to uh, QVC. That's the one I couldn't remember. QVC. She goes to QVC. They all reject her. In fact, one of the guys was one of the higher ups. He says, "Listen, he goes. I, I don't want to sound rude. He said, but women that look like you don't sell makeup." She goes into her car and she cries for an hour. She tells her whole, her whole story, right? And so she's just, just totally deflated, right? Rejection after no, after no, after no. They're down to their last $1,000 before things turn around. And man, it turned around for her. They started making money and money and money and money and money. Finally, in 2016, L'Oreal comes back, buys IT Cosmetics for $1.2 billion. Wow. The guy that told her she couldn't sell makeup because of the way she looked emails her and says, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Now, I'm not saying you're going to make $1.2 billion. Wouldn't that be great if I could preach that for you this morning? But I, I, I can't. I'm sorry. 
But, but what, what, when she was in her lowest moment, her friend would go to her and say, why are you giving these makeup artists and professionals, why are you giving their no so much power? She said, you know just as much as they know now. Why are you giving their no so much power? Keep going. Here, here's what I do know. For you to succeed at the thing God has called you to, you are going to go through a ton of rejection. You are going to hear 90 no's before you ever hear one yes. Let's not let a no make me look down. I never want a no to steal my imagination. I want to have the heart of a child through the whole journey. Amen? Am I preaching to somebody this morning? Because I, I feel it. Like I want to give it to somebody this morning. Like Whose no have you given too much power to? doesn't mean you're going to make $1.2 billion, but if you accept a no, you're never going to drive to your destination in the no's of others. Amen. Let's look up a little more. Big God, tall thoughts. Last thing I'm going to leave you with this morning, Acts chapter 3. I'd like to start reading. I think it's Verse 3 says, one day Peter and John were going to the temple at the time of prayer in the afternoon, and a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day, keep that in your mind, every day he's placed in the same spot, and he begs for those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them, right? He's expecting a coin. And he said, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. Instantly, the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking, jumping, and praising God. Every day, this man went with an expectation to receive coins. On this particular day, God had something very different in mind for him, didn't he? He had his healing in mind. He had the transformation of his entire life in mind. A few weeks ago, I was at a meeting with about 30, 40 pastors from across Broward County. And uh, man, I'll tell you what, in your prayer time, would you just pray for pastors and leaders? Like, I don't know about you, but these last couple of years have not been the most encouraging for pastors and leaders across all of South, like really across the whole country, okay? And so we're all just sharing stories and helping each other and talking this thing through and trying to pray and seek God together, which one of the things that I, I would really would love to tell all believers in South Florida, the unity among leaders across South Florida is actually kind of a beautiful thing. Right? Not everybody, but a lot of leaders really are in love and in unity, and we're pursuing Jesus together as, as kind of the, the larger local church. And so we're, we're praying and talking and envisioning together and helping each other. And one of the pastors got up and he said, you know, recently God's really been dealing with me. He's, he, he said, you know, I've got these plans and I've got these dreams, of course, and we're pursuing these things. And, and he said, in prayer, I really felt like God spoke to me and said, son, you have expectations, but you don't have expectancy. You have expectations, but you don't have expectancy. In other words, you expect me to do this by this time. That's called an expectation. I, I don't know everything. I've been following Jesus for a little over 20 years. Here's what I do know. I'm not the boss. I, I have learned I am not the boss. I'm not in charge. I can't really place an expectation on God and say, God, I want this by this. Can you get the due date done? It doesn't work like that, right? It's quite the opposite. It might look like that, you know, but it, it definitely doesn't work like that. He says, son, you have expectations, 
but you don't have expectancy. Expectancy is letting go of control and saying, God, I'm not quite sure what you want to do in this season, but whatever you have in mind, that's what I want. That's what I'm after. It's what I'm praying for. It's what I'm pursuing. See, this man in Acts 3, he had expectations. But I don't know if he got to expectancy. And God, God met him. Could, could we cross this morning from some expectations? God, you got to give me my man by September the 30th or I'm leaving the faith. Can you leave an expectation this morning and move on towards expectancy? Letting go of control and picking up some trust. Because here's what I do know. I know that his plan is good. I know it is big. And I know he's not the one trying to put you down. He's trying to cause you to look a little higher, think a little larger, dream a little sweeter. What he does have in mind is big and is good. But can you and I let down some control and pick up some trust? I don't know about you, but we serve a big God who thinks big thoughts. Amen? Let me pray for you this morning. Heavenly Father, we as a church, we corporately, I guess, we want to move from expectations to expectancy. God, I believe that you actually have big things planned for every life. And God, maybe some of us in here this morning, man, we're just looking a little down when it comes to our marriage. Maybe we're looking a little down when it comes to our family. Maybe, maybe we just think our career or, you know, we're just aimlessly walking around. We're just, we're just looking down. And God, I, I just pray this morning by the power of your Holy Spirit, would you just lift heads this morning? Would you just pick people up this morning? Wherever they're at, would you just encourage them? And Lord, would you just breathe by the power of your Spirit? Would you just breathe hope inside of every heart? Because you're the God who encourages us. You're the God of hope. And so, Father, I ask that you would pour out hope this morning. God, if there was ever a, a day that we would believe that you would move, man, may it, may it be Sunday. And, Lord, I just thank you that you're doing a new thing in our church, a new thing in our families, and new things in our lives. And, God, we choose to let go of control and pick up trust as we look to you in Jesus' name. If you believe that with me, say amen and amen, amen. Could you guys give Jesus just three seconds of a praise and a shout and thank him this morning and Hang on to that. I'm, I'm excited. Big God, big thoughts. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. Share with a few friends. Thanks for helping us make Jesus famous right here in South Florida. Again, if you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love to see you sometime. Or as always, visit us online, citylift.church. Have an amazing day.